Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I am Jim Galante along with Dustin Hawkinsmith. Dustin, we've been teasing it for weeks. We're getting there. We're getting there. It's almost football season. Can I finally say it is football season? I think game week officially kicks that off because you're in the routine of it now, right? Like there's a, there's a rhythm and a cycle uh, to it where you have certain ways and certain things that you hear during game week and you're looking forward to. So I think this is officially it. In my book, it is. Okay, well, Dustin, we are going to get to the West Virginia and we're going to get your predictions for the whole season. And then in quarter four, a real, real, real special guest will be coming on. Not that you're not special, Dusty. but Oh, I'm not. I know. We're going extra special. Let's start with some news and notes before we get into season predictions, game predictions, and the like. Well, let's start on the down note. Uh, Penn State, a recent report came out that they are last in the Big Ten in academic progress. There's not a lot of details in how this is figured out, not a lot of information from Penn State as to the reason why. But no matter how you cut this, this doesn't look very good, does it? Yeah, and you know the the missing piece for me, which you know it stops me short of of having any kind of outrage, I guess at this point, is that I don't know. Um, you know, was there a change in the formula? Did was was Penn State? Did Penn State have unique circumstances that made getting a high score? you know, not easy. You know, I haven't seen Penn state respond to this, so I don't really know if there is a plausible explanation beyond that. Like I don't, and and I wish I knew the formula a little bit better in terms of like how transfers and early exits to the NFL um, play into it, where the COVID season, uh, where, where that has factored into anything now in terms of departures and stuff like that. Uh, there, there might be a mathematical explanation for it. And I'm not just like drinking blue Kool-Aid. Like I, I'm, I'm holding out judgment on this. Because as you mentioned, I think just on the surface, you know, Penn State and James Franklin really work the, you know, academics and the social contributions like they really work that uh, as part of their their sales pitch. So it does run counter to that. You know, that's that's obvious. But if there is, you know, an explanation for it, I'm still open ears to, to hearing it because I, I, I do agree. It, it looks bad on the surface, but. I just would hold out just yet on on indicting anybody over it, I guess is my thing. Well, you know, Dustin, that's your problem. You don't jump to conclusions, which is the way we do things here. And <laughs> do I will we? At least, <laughs> I'll at least put it out this way that it's 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 something it's marked on a I'll say not really on a curve, but relative everybody else so yes. if they get a progress rate of 914 that means absolutely nothing but when you say it's lower than everybody else in the big 10 who are being measured the same way unless someone can clarify it and tell me how they're not you're last among that group that doesn't look good yeah. all right let's move to some news that's a little closer to the football field uh the big 10 announced and 
I'm surprised it took this long for something like this to come out with the injury report. We're yeah. all used to seeing that in the NFL, and the reason for it is to let us know if a player's available, questionable, doubtful, out for the game. It's to help so that someone does not have inf- inside information that helps them gambling. Gambling is now legal everywhere, pretty much, it seems. So, you know, how much does this affect James Franklin, who, you know, Landon Tengwall, that he says has bumps and bruises? We don't know if he has two broken legs, you know, because right. he, of how he does this. Is How much is this going to affect James Franklin? Well, I mean, I, I think, like, his big thing is, as long as it's uniform, he'll participate however. You know, but there's no, there's nothing out there that says you have to put out a depth chart. So putting out a depth chart is sort of a, a in a best case scenario, it's a waste of time. In a worst case scenario, uh, you're doing something that you're maybe your opponent isn't. Um, so I, I think if everybody has to do it the same way, uh, that's that's one thing. And I also think just you know, it's it's my understanding, and maybe I missed something, but do do they have to designate like what specifically an injury is? Or do you do you just say is not available for this game or whatever? I think that's what it's going to be because if the target is the gambling, it doesn't matter what the injury is. Right. If he's declared out for the game, he's out for the game. So that's what's going to affect how I bet the game, right? Yeah. But and I think um it has a very professional feel to it because as you said, I mean you're seeing the NCAA kind of tracking down and going after athletes who have been making bets. Like that's part of what they're trying to combat here. Like it's not just somebody, you know, like on the street here in Abdul Carter say that Curtis Jacobs is not going to play. It's the players themselves and, and trying to combat any incentive there might be to, to gamble because that is a big incentive. If you think, you know, things that nobody else knows that doesn't exactly dissuade you from wanting to bet on your own game. I did want to ask you about another thing, uh, a change for this year. And we didn't have it in our notes, Dustin, but the, there's a couple of rule changes to shorten the game a bit. And it's one of my favorite things. The NCAA wants to shorten the game. And it's all about player safety. Yeah. Yeah, right. Sure. But where college football has always uh, stopped the clock on a first down, and that's especially useful at the end of a game. You know, you have more time, get a first down, the clock stops. It's great for those last-minute drives. But until two minutes left in the half, two minutes left in the game, um, they are going to keep the clock running after the first down. So I believe I saw somewhere the estimate was it would you'd lose like seven plays or something to that effect. Um, Your reaction to that, other than mine, which is always, why do they even try to say stuff like this is about player safety? It has nothing to do with player safety. Well, I mean, I would hope by now that everybody knows that everything has to go through. Everything has to do with television in some way or another and the experience there. Uh, I, I, if you're going to say like seven plays per game kind of changes the math in terms of injuries and things like that. Okay. But we're also getting into a land here where they're going to be playing more games. So I don't really, I don't really buy into, 
the the saving uh, you know players there. I think I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think having it only as the as the 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 final two minutes of of each half, I, I'm good with that. You know, just because they've always kind of done it a certain way. So I I don't know. What what are your thoughts on it? It means less football. <laughs> That's what you know. If if their issue is in that time span, it's like. If three hours obviously is not enough anymore, you need three and a half hours and you need that because they're adding commercials. Okay. Right. And please don't tell me that. No, they aren't. I mean, <laughs> yeah. years ago, they never uh, scored a touchdown, went to a commercial break, kicked off, went back to a commercial break again. They never did that before. Never, 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 never. And if they want to, they could have cut a couple minutes off halftime, but they got to get all those commercials in. If they're trying to get that television block smaller, I have a quick way to do it. Cut down the number of commercials. Not that yeah. hard. Instead, they're cutting out actual amount of football. And if it's just a matter of the block of time, you know what? If you're starting the first game at noon, start the next game at 345. Right. And the other thing is, have you ever heard a fellow fan of yours complain that games are too long. Like I, yeah, obviously you hear it in baseball all the time and there's some real fundamental stuff there, but like nobody complains about having too much college football, which again suggests that this isn't about fans or really players at all. Exactly. And you know, I'm a big baseball guy. Also games were taking too long and the pitch clock is phenomenal. I love that because guess what? They didn't say, well, you know what? Let's cut the game to eight innings instead of nine. Right. No. Right. It, it's it's still a full game. And here they, they're cutting out plays. That's what they're doing. And Dusty, I don't like it. Okay. So just Salty, have that Salty Jim is not is not a fan. <laughs> he he Salty Jim makes his first appearance. Okay. <laughs> now I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to a positive side. We found out, you know. The number zero, it turns it just started a couple of years ago that you're allowed to wear that. Penn State has decided to make it something special and honor to wear number zero. And Dom DeLuca is going to get that honor. I guess it typically goes to their best special teams player. Is that the way it's working, Dusty? I yeah. think it's wonderful that he's honored that way. You know what? And and I I, I I pull no punches on this one. I think Dom DeLuca is wonderful. You know, like I, I, I love Dom DeLuca and what he stands for. And you, Jim, as a little guy, as a little gnat on the basketball floor, you know, the, uh, zipping around from one guy to the next, the, standing amongst the trees, you can appreciate a guy who's just a little undersized to be like really a standout find a way to have such value in Penn state's building and B, he's still, I think sophomore eligibility. Like we're, we're talking about a guy who's going to bring two ways defensively. Like he, he made his presence felt on defense whenever he was in there. I know his snap count wasn't sky high, but then on special teams too. I mean, these, these types of two way players are such, and I, I hate to borrow a stereotype or whatever, but like they're, they're glue guys, you know, they're, they're, they're the ones that I, I'm, you know, it's, it does sound cliche, but he, he's he's a guy that every program needs to have. And Dustin, first of all, I really, really like that you 
tried to compare my stature to his. I met him up. No, 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 not even close. <laughs> number one. Um, number two, having chatted with him in person, I know I've talked about this before. He's just a really good kid. I really liked him. And not only that, um, an Italian kid from Northeast Pennsylvania. What's there not to like? I also got to meet both his parents. It's it's just, it's the family group. I, I like their his parents. I like him. So, yes, I'm rooting for him. I like it. I love that he's honored this way. And I also like, Dusty, that they're honoring, you know, a special teams guy. That is an important part of the game that gets overlooked. It, it is. And I think, uh, I think I'm guessing Malik mega was another captain uh, with, with special teams designation, just like DeLuca was. So yeah, it, it's great. And, and, and they value that role and he plays such a, such a good role on this team that um, you can't help but root for him. All right. Very good. Dusty. We're going to shift from the news. We're going to start talking about the season, this upcoming game, and we're going to have you making some predictions. Stay tuned. Hey, Penn State fans, here is your chance to take something off your bucket list. That's right, Go PSU RV is offering a full range of RV setups ready for a weekend of great tailgating at their Lion's Den, which is the closest single-game RV overnight lot to Beaver Stadium. You can arrive anytime Friday afternoon. Stay until Sunday morning, avoiding all that traffic. Don't miss this unique opportunity. Go online to gopsurv.com and reserve your RV today. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. He's Dustin Hawkinsmith. I'm Jim Galanti. We're talking Penn State football. Dustin, it is time to talk about our season predictions and bold predictions. And the next segment, we will get into our West Virginia preview. Let's start with the whole season. Let's start with the real top, with the top. I'm not going to wait to the end to ask the question. I'm going right up front with it. Give me your prediction for the season record. So I didn't elaborate on this too much because we did just go, if you want to check out the, the, the KSN archives, we did just go through every game, every team on the schedule. And I made, I made predictions then. So I've got 11 and one. I'm, I'm just not buying uh, losses to both Michigan and Ohio state. And depending on when, when you catch me flip a coin, 
I, I could be thinking Ohio State on the road uh, is is more ripe for the picking than Michigan is. I don't know, but I, I just feel like they're not going to lose both of those games. Uh, and I think they're just going to outclass the other kind of trickier matchups on the schedule, like the Iowa's and the Illinois of the world. So I, I, I feel like they're going to take care of business. I, I just I, I like the sense of, of what we're getting uh, mentality wise, uh, but it's going to require them getting into uh, territory where they haven't really been in, in quite a while, uh, which is James Franklin, you know, getting actual results against the teams that he needs to get results against. And uh, it's been rare in his career. It was awesome in 2016 when they did it. I am predicting that they're going to do it again. I'm with you in that it, it does come down to those two games. And I'm like you also, which one could they win? I know a lot of folks think, and our buddy Andy Shea says, they're just a better matchup against Ohio State than they are against Michigan. But I think there's a lot of recency bias to that, having gotten blown out last year by Michigan. So I think that's part of that. The flip side is you get Michigan at home, Ohio State on the road. My thinking, though, is that this is as good a Michigan team as Jim Harbaugh has had. I I, I truly believe that. That's unfortunate that they've got yeah. the better team. I look at the three teams as completely equal. So if you've got two games against two teams that you're evenly matched against, the safest bet is to say you'll go one and one in those two games, Dusty. Say that again, Jimmy. I might if you've got three equal teams, is it not the safest bet to say you'll go one in one in those games against yes. those two? Yeah, and and I and I don't think you know. I, I, it's crazy that this Penn State roster, the way that it looks, uh, it, there's a very good case to make that it's third best in terms of talent um, among that group, um, just because it's it's such a good team. But they they are all very close, I think, and and the odds are there's going to be so, there's going to be one on one records uh, in those in that trio of, of games, head to head games, and uh, it's going to come down to some kind of tiebreaker situation. Uh, to decide who wins the Big Ten. That, that's what, I mean, all signs seem to point to something like that where it gets a little messy. And the thing is, if it does get that messy, they each have one loss, there'll be a intricate tiebreaker to see who wins the division. I think, though, whoever wins the division will win the uh, Big Ten championship game, automatically get into the playoffs, pretty much. That That would be. But the other two teams, there could be a heartbreaking decision there. If there's yeah. two other teams with one loss and only one of them gets it to the gets to the college football playoffs, let's assume eleven and one gets you to the playoffs. In a normal season, it does. If you're in the Big Ten, you finish with one loss, you get to the playoffs. Let's talk though about some individual players and if individual leaders on the team. Obviously, Drew Aller, as long as he's healthy, he's gonna lead the team in passing stats. What do you see from him? So I, I went modest and I, and, and I made predictions down to yards and touchdowns and interceptions. I, I used to do this a lot with fantasy football writing that I did. So um, Drew Aller, I've got 2,300 yards, 21 touchdowns, eight interceptions. That would put him statistically very close company to what Sean Clifford did last year. And I think that's, that's one thing. Like I, I definitely grasp, like you're, you're losing a four year starter and you're moving into a, an era with a first team, a first time starter, but it's like Drew Aller brings a lot, a lot, a lot of upside 
with, without you know a crazy low floor either and without needing to replace a record breaker and at least a single season goes at quarterback so i think what he's going to do at the end of the year is going to amount to roughly what Sean Clifford did last year but i think you know some of that's going to be because why would you not lean on Nick Singleton and Katron Allen in that in that run game especially early in the year okay who's going to be the leading rusher I got Singleton again. I mean, I feel like the usage last year where Allen got more and steadier work, but Nick Singleton, you know, had that explosive edge and could end drives on, on a single carry by sprinting through through the secondary. Like, I think you're going to see, once again, Singleton averaging more yards per clip, far more explosive plays, uh, but Katron Allen probably ending the year with more carries. So I don't have a gaudy yardage total i'm going 1150 for nick singleton uh and 14 touchdowns but i think that's just because uh i they, they know that they don't have to overexpose nick singleton to get the the reward of him being able to break big runs you know unlike a lot of you know most guys in college football and will they both get a thousand yards rushing i'm saying yeah yeah, I'm saying yeah. I, th- I think um, I think combine the fact that you know last year a little bit of a, a slow start, like they didn't dominate carries immediately last year. They they grew into that. Um, so I, I you know you figure you can count them for more work overall. But I, I also think you know with that offensive line being in the shape that it is and having good depth to it and being able to withstand injury and still be effective, I think they're they're going to find running room a little bit more generous. I'm not sure they're both going to do it because I think they might blow some people out and we'll see some more carries. That could be. Okay, let's go to defense. Well, let's go to receiver first. Interesting question. Who do you think is going to be the lead dog there at wide receiver? Well, I'm a believer in what Keandre Lambert Smith did in the final, what, two games last year where uh, he he had a big finish to the season. And I think that that was clearly a talking point and a selling point from the coaching staff to get him to to believe that he's the guy. And I think he believes he's the guy. I don't think... Uh, there's going to be enough work. Like he's not going to dominate targets to the point where he's going to have huge numbers, but I have a going off for a really nice year, 48 catches, 730 yards. I've got him for five touchdowns. If he does that and they do have a, a good third or fourth option uh, at wide receiver, that would, to me would be a successful year for Marcus Higgins. I'm looking at Trey Wallace to make the leap dusty. I think he's going to end up end of year, be the number one guy or at least one a and one. B. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Let's go to the, the defensive side, leading tackles, tackles for loss sacks. I see in your notes, you've got the same guy. I, I do. Uh, Abdul Carter, the way that he played last year, you expect probably a little bit more. You can't really game plan for him. Like he is such a multifaceted weapon that you can line up. And I think you'll see it more creative this year. You can line up anywhere and he's going to be in position to make a big play. Uh, He's also going to stay pretty busy as a tackler. He's their top returning tackler. Jair Brown led the team last year. So I got him with 82 tackles, 14 and a half tackles for loss. And I've got him at eight sacks because I think they're going to increase his pass rush reps. I love those defensive ends, but I've got Abdul Carter being more productive in those in those negative play situations. I want to disagree with you. I want to say Chop Robinson, but I just think you've got those 
three really, really good defensive ends, and I think they're going to split up those sacks from that position, Dusty. And Abdul Carter is just special, and they'll find ways where that's his role. That's what he's going to end up doing. And finally, on the defensive side, who you have leading them in interceptions? Uh, I've got Zachy Wheatley at at three. I I think he had two or three last year. Uh, Expect some more reps at safety. I think that rotation is going to be pretty tight. They're going to be able to kind of swap in and out with frequency to keep them all fresh. You know, there's not a big drop off between one and four. So I think you're going to see Wheatley a little bit more. And I think that's, that's because of his takeaway potential. I've got him at three. Um, I don't know if anybody's getting more than three interceptions this year. We'll see. I think that uh, safety group is really good and they'll split them up among them. It's, it's hard for me to make a choice there. All right. I tried to leave enough time for your bold predictions for the season, Dusty. Just fire them away. I don't know. You'll have to let me know what, what degree of boldness these are or aren't, but I tried to just have unique, unique uh, pr- predictions, not just kind of the usual stuff. So my, my first thing is Drew Allen is going to do something in week one that makes you be like, all right, I'm buying. You know, I think, I think something like that, and, and that could be a throw that nobody else can make, whatever. I think that that's going to happen in week one. Uh, I think Caden Saunders probably emerges as the third best option, but emerges as as a top option out of the slot because he's so dynamic in, in the short part of the field. Uh, I think Katron Allen, he's going to make big strides in the passing game. And I feel like Mike Yersich is going to utilize that more. He had a nice productive year through the air. I don't have the numbers in front of me now, but he was really good as a receiver. I think they're going to lean on that more. Um, Zane Durant, I've got him finishing the year as Penn State's best defensive tackle. I don't know if that's that bold, but he still has to do it. You know, in terms of talent, love what he's got there. Then lastly, uh, I think Theo Johnson has the big year that everybody's been wanting and hoping and expecting from him. Uh, I think he makes it happen this year, probably makes the leap to the NFL. Uh, the couple things. A year ago, Catron Allen had 20 receptions for 188 yards. In comparison, Nick Singleton had 11 receptions for 85 yards. And I, I just feel like Dusty... They're going to make use of both of those guys in the passing game more. I just think it gives them opportunities for big plays, doesn't it? I I think so. And I I think, you know, with the wide receiver position the way that it is, where nobody really demands the ball on on any given play, uh, with the tight ends being what they are and the running backs, I agree. I think think utilizing them more as part of – you're going to be able to make them – make defenses defend the whole field. You know, and, and using the running backs in that way and, and making them uh, stay honest and keep guys near the line of scrimmage helps everybody, too, in, in the passing game. So I, I'm with you on that one. Yeah, and I think Mike Yursich with a big arm Drew Aller, this will go back to his Oklahoma State days. And I'm going to kind of follow what I learned from Coach Caduti. Oklahoma State, he spread them out horizontally, vertically. And I think with that big arm quarterback, when you're able to do that, that is just going to put the defense in a position where it will open things up for a running back coming out of the backfield because that defense has to defend so much territory that uh, and if you got a Catron Allen and Nick Singleton out in the open boy some big plays could really happen the, the big variable on that is who's going to test defenses deep you know that's a, that's something i want to find out early in the year too Omari Evans All right, Dusty, that's it for quarter number two. Stick around. We're going to preview West Virginia in Q3. 
Hey, Penn State fans, here is your chance to take something off your bucket list. That's right, Go PSU RV is offering a full range of RV setups ready for a weekend of great tailgating at their Lion's Den, which is the closest single-game RV overnight lot to Beaver Stadium. You can arrive anytime Friday afternoon. Stay until Sunday morning, avoiding all that traffic. Don't miss this unique opportunity. Go online to gopsurv.com and reserve your RV today. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. He's Dusty. I'm Jim. We are doing our season preview and our West Virginia preview. That's right. In just a couple days, it's Penn State. It's West Virginia. It's under the lights. A lot of excitement for the game, Dusty. Let's get to it. Just my my quick take. The spread is 20 and a half points for a reason. West Virginia's defense is bad. Quarterback is inexperienced. I don't think it's going to be a close game. With that in mind, <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, I, I, I feel I kind of feel the same way. I mean, I think there's there's only so much blowing out. Like I, I don't I don't expect a monster monster blowout, but I don't really th- I don't really expect Penn State to sweat either. So I'll give you my score prediction a little bit later, but we can kind of go through. I think with, with with that expectation in mind, I think it's especially important to like. What are you trying to come out of that game thinking about, or what do you what what would what would answer some of your questions or silence some of your doubts if you saw it against West Virginia? That's where my mind is at. Well, let's take a look at this first of all. I think it's more interesting to see how the offense will attack things with the new quarterback Drew Aller in there. It has seemed in past years, if I have a criticism of the Penn State offenses, it seems they start slow. And we always hear this, well, they're feeling them out. They're trying to see how the defense will react. I never really bought that. But how do you – here's the situation. You have these two returning stud running backs. Are you trying to establish the run? You've got this new starting quarterback, the five-star guy. Do you want him to come out throwing, just kind of get that over with? get him, you know, started, get him hot, throwing the ball. How do you attack this game, Dusty, on offense? I don't think there's anything that can be better for Penn State 
both in terms of this game and in, in, the, in the big picture, than making big plays happen in the run game in particular. And I don't, I don't think you need to, in most games, come out and, and have Drew Aller throwing it all, all over the yard. Maybe, maybe, you know, that you want to zag when they think you're going to zig on that one. But, you know, Catron Allen and Nick Singleton offer so much upside on the ground in terms of possibilities for big plays. And, uh, you know, Catron Allen obviously kind of specializing in moving the chains and staying on schedule. But both of these guys don't really take big losses behind the line of scrimmage. They're not really East and West guys. They're North and South, especially as Singleton kind of adapted and grew into the job last year. It was less and less for him. So I don't know, you know, even going back to when Saquon was kind of doing Saquon things back in 2016, this isn't that, but I think the run game packs a much heavier punch than at any point. Uh, and especially when you combine that with the offensive line. And there's something that that gutting a team on the ground does. And that that includes, like, if you're going eight, six, nine, ten yards, like with, what Katron Allen could do, um, you know, that that includes that. That that kind of swings, you know, their their tactics in your favor will make them start rushing to get closer to the line of scrimmage, and then big things can happen after that. So I think you know, if they can get something big on the ground pretty early in this game pretty early in any game they play, it's going to be nothing but good things for the whole offense. And I think, Dusty, sometimes, you know, as fans, and that's what I am, I turn this into a black and white thing. Are you going to try to run the ball or are you going to try to pass the ball? When there's a lot of plays that are called RPOs, by definition, run-pass option, it's not predetermined what you're going to do. So perhaps it's more about how West Virginia plays them. On an RPO, you read the defense to determine what you're going to do. And maybe in the end, that that's how it's going to turn out. Yeah. Well, and here's the great thing about Nick Singleton in particular is that you can read all your keys. You can know he's getting the ball, but he's still capable of making that big play happen anyway. You know, like he, he doesn't need resounding success uh, in the blocking game to, to make something happen. And so that makes the the decision making on on RPOs pretty interesting. It changes the thought of like if you know your guy's got a shot no matter what, you're you're more likely to err on the side of handing it off. What do you want to see from Drew Aller? I want to see them uh, allow him to open up the playbook and attack, especially downfield. I want to see him uh, try to make those special throws that his predecessor and and you know, almost everybody in America can't make, you know, he's got that ability. I want to see that. Uh, and, and I think, you know, I, I don't really peg him as the guy of like, let's get a lot of short stuff going, just get him in a, in a rhythm. Like I, I think he's okay taking shots anytime. So I, I want to see Drew make use of that arm talent, not just the size and the strength and the power, but the ball placement, uh, that I think has a chance to be really, really good. So I, I want to see him cook a bit. I want to see him do Drew Aller things. And that's where, you know, I mentioned earlier, he's going to do something to wow you in this game. I think it's probably going to happen multiple times. You've got to feel confident, of course, in the running game with those two running backs there. You got to feel good about the tight end position. Theo Johnson, I, you and I are both very confident, both on the Theo Johnson bandwagon. How about the wide receivers, Dusty, where there are the question marks? What are you looking for from them? Man, I think there's validation required 
up and down. Like, I, I don't think Keandre Lambert Smith and Trey Wallace are abo- above needing to validate anything, at least in people's minds. But obviously some Intel on that third, on that third wide receiver competition, somebody to have a big day because, you know, you can say what you want about winning the battle and practice a little bit. And these guys are all back and forth, but doing something big in games, you know, having a hundred yards in a game, that's going to mean a lot more to the coaching staff and their evaluation of, of this position than anything you can do in practice. So a little bit of intel there and somebody really stepping forward, whether that's Amari Evans or Dante Cephas or Caden um, Saunders, somebody doing something from that third spot. Let's take a look at the defense, Dusty. I have all the confidence in the world in this group, but what's going to stand out to you? I think just, you know, game specific, West Virginia is is going to want to be a team that uh, spreads the ball around to four running backs, probably does some stuff with the quarterback and his and his legs. So I think it's just important for Penn State's defense to stay patient within that. Um, everybody is keyed up to make a big play. Everybody's talking about the pass rush. Everybody's talking about the secondary. But I think West Virginia, you know, as long as they're going to have the uh, luxury of doing it, uh, is going to want to try to stick with the ground game and try to attack, attack, attack with different styles of runners. So I think just important to not get too far ahead of themselves and to and to make the plays in front of them until that time comes where the, it's a third and long or whatever, where you can make that big play that changes the game. But I think patience uh, for those run defenders is big. I think that's good, Dusty, because I towards that end, I want to see those tackles You know, on first down if they're trying to ram it down your throat hold them to one or two yards, create those third and long situations that we all love to see uh, from this uh, defense. All right, Dusty, it's now Sunday morning. It's time to write your story for this game. Give me the headline. Uh, Can I, can I say something about Galante loving DeLuca in in the headline? (laughs) Cause that's, that's the headline that came to mind. Uh, earlier in the show, we were talking about him getting that number zero, but the, I I think to me, the biggest thing I'm going to walk out saying is wow about some, some of the things that Drew Aller did, but in terms of, of impacting the game, I think that, I think the headline is Singleton Allen pound West Virginia for 325 yards and and five combined touchdowns or or something like that. Uh, I think that's going to be the story is that, is that they, um, they don't have to get fancy. They don't have to, you know, you want to see the playbook and see Drew Aller execute that stuff, but they're going to have so much success. I think on the ground uh, with big plays that they're not going to have, uh, you know, Drew Aller with any kind of game on the line situation. I picture this game. Like I pictured that Minnesota night game last year where Minnesota had to put in uh, their backup quarterback inexperienced and they were really afraid in those third and long situations, they often ran the ball on third down because they just didn't want to put them into such an awful position. Because if you do against this Penn state defense, you're just going to get eaten up. And I think that's going to be the headline. We're going to see, you know, X number of sacks, the crowd going crazy. You're going to get those penalties, force penalties because of the crowd noise. I, I just feel that's that's the kind of game that we're going to see. All right, give me your MVPs for offense and defense, Dusty. 
Uh, on the offensive side, I've got Nick Singleton going for a buck fifty plus and at least two touchdowns in this game, and it it very well could be. What was, what was, it was Auburn or something? One of the, his most ridiculous stat lines was like ten carries for a hundred one hundred nineteen yards. I think he did that multiple times. It might be that kind of day. It might be a, a thirteen for one fifty and two scores kind of day. Uh, but I, as I kind of keep harping on it, I keep preaching. Like I think his ability um, to put you on skates and and to beat you no matter how well prepared you are uh, is is a big thing early in this game, and I think we're going to see that. All right, and we have left a uh, a prediction. Give me a score. Uh, I've got and, and and I looked at the I, I I picked the score before I looked at the point spread and uh, the over under, but I have it at thirty five thirteen Penn State. Uh, I might shift it to 37, 13, considering it's a 20 and a half point spread. And I'd like to, I'd like to make a more specific statement about which direction I think it's more likely to go. So I'm going to up it a bit to 37, 13, just so I take a, a pretty good stance on, on thinking that Penn state covers. That, that is a, it's a solid prediction. I, but dusty, I just have this feeling and I've had this gut feeling for a couple months that, this is one of those games that will turn into a blowout where James Franklin will look to run up the score. And and maybe I shouldn't put it that way that he's going to look to run up the score, but I think he'll let it happen. He won't call off the dogs early. You know, he'll allow them. And if Bo Perbola gets in, I think he'll still let Bo Perbola throw the ball because he needs that experience and I think they'll just keep racking up points. There'll be the momentum of the crowd. And I, I think Penn I think Penn State's gonna put up fifty two points. I just uh, I mean, feel like this is that kind of game. Well, I think that's especially true of the defense can create some short fields and create an explosive play or two that leads it directly to points. I think James Franklin's been consistent about how he manages blowout situations too. Like I think, you know, no matter what he's saying, uh, he's gonna manage it as if West Virginia can come back. Uh, probably into the fourth quarter. So I think you're going to see starters for a while, even if it teeters on that blowout distinction. I, I'm with you. I, I think that will happen. So I'm going to go with 52-10. But since I have a couple more shows to do this week, Dusty, I reserve the right to change my mind. Cover all bases, baby. You better believe it. All right, that is it for quarter three. Remember, I promised you a special guest for quarter four. Stick around for that. Hey, Penn State fans, here is your chance to take something off your bucket list. That's right, Go PSU RV is offering a full range of RV setups ready for a weekend of great tailgating at their Lion's Den, which is the closest single-game RV overnight lot to Beaver Stadium. You can arrive anytime Friday afternoon. Stay until Sunday morning, avoiding all that traffic. Don't miss this unique opportunity. Go online to gopsurv.com and reserve your RV today. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. 
lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, statecollege.com. Trust statecollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We head to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number four. And as promised, a very special guest will join us today. And that is Michael Maudie. Michael, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, it, it is great to have you, but we want to talk a bit about uh, the uh, nice tailgate event that's going to be going on next week that you're going to be part of. But before I get there, I, I do want to start with this. I can't miss this opportunity to say thank you for everything that you did for this Penn State football program and the university in general. I know it's been quite a long time since that all happened, but we Penn State fans still appreciate everything that you did. Well, thank you, Jim. Appreciate the kind words. Are you aware that it, I feel that the program, what you did then, there's still a lasting effect. Years after that happened, if you guys didn't do what you did, this program probably would not be where it is today. Yeah, well, listen, it was certainly close to to not being what it is. Uh, it was We cut it pretty close there. Um, but credit to to all the people that that bought in, that committed to the program when it was at its, you know, in its uh, trying time. And credit to the, the current staff and all the people that have come to Penn State since then. So Coach Franklin and his staff have done a heck of a job. Well, let's move forward now to the present. Talk about things today. You are still involved with this program, helping out, and you're doing that through your involvement with Happy Valley United. That is the Penn State Collective that helps raise money for the student-athletes. Tell us why that's so important for you to stay involved in the program this way. Well, I think it's, it's, a, it's a part of the game now. I think it's, a, it's important that, that we remain competitive. If, if our expectations are, are that we want to maintain our, our competitive uh, place in in the Big Ten across the country, like in the national conversation, then this is a part of that that competitive dynamic. So, uh, you know, we've got to we've got to buy into it. We've got to support it, and I think we can be the best in the country at it. Do you see? I know there was a point where I feel like the Penn State fan base may have been a little reluctant to buy in. Do you see that mindset improving as time goes on here? I do. I think every week is, you know, it's part of the the, the ongoing education and, and and messaging that that comes along with this. But but more and more every day, I've seen people that are, that you know the light goes on and oh okay, I get it, I get it. This is part of the, the the game now. You know, it's like when they drew the three point line. You know, hey, guess what? It, if you shoot from behind the three point line, they count as three. You can acknowledge it or not, but it's it's three points, right? It's part of the it's part of the game, part of the competitive landscape. So, I, I, again, I think we could be the best in the country at it. I have no doubt. Um, you know, every week we get more and more people that are that are joining the, the, the support. And, and so I think we've got to continue to spread the message. Speaking of that, we have an event coming up next week. It's sponsored by Happy Valley United. We at Keystone Sports are just so happy to be part of it. Um, and you are going to be part of it. 
along with some other Penn State lettermen, where we're going to have a tailgate event. Uh, and you're not going to, you're not the only letterman who's going to be there. Tell us about you being there, what it means for the team, what it means for the fans who show up and get to mingle with you guys. Yeah. So, so we've invited some, some of my old teammates along. Mike Cole's going to be there. All American linebacker, Jordan Hill is going to be there. One of my teammates, co-captain in 2012, uh, Super Bowl champion. Uh, little birdie just told me we, we may have a, a, a very special guest, Michael Parsons, coming in the house, and Jesse Loquetta. A couple of linebackers came after me, but great players. Um, so I'm excited. We're going to fill the place up. Get this get this season yeah. kicked off right away. Well, it it is going to be exciting to see all you guys, and the the format of this is going to be not so not so formal, but it's a tailgate, so fans can get to mingle, say hello talk to you guys, converse with you. I think in that kind of atmosphere, especially with all the excitement going on around the team, that's going to make this a lot of fun for fans. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I think everybody should come out, check us out. We'll be over by the by the uh, Jeffrey Field, and we'll get this thing rolling. And just as a reminder, if you want tickets to, to this event – and get to talk to Michael and Micah and Mike and Jordan and all the other folks that will be there, just go to the website, happyvalleyunited.com, and under the About tab, you can see there's the events. Click there, and you can see where you could get your tickets for this event. Michael, I got to tell you, I hope you like barbecue and great beer, because that's going to be part of the tailgate event. (laughs) I sure do. You're saying I won't have any problem then? I'm saying you will have no problem at all. If I if I can make a couple recommendations to you, from the beer we have from a Greater Goods, it's a great craft beer. A Penn Stater founded the beer, uh, founded the brewery. Try the Pulp Daddy beer. Trust me on that one. Okay. And when it comes time for the bar for the barbecue. We have, um, I don't know if you've heard of 409 Tailgate Club. They do the barbecue sauces and barbecue rubs, things like that. Andrew is in charge of that. He will be there cooking. Make sure you check out his wings. He does a fantastic wings. They're going to be grilled there. Trust me on that one also, okay? All right. I can't wait. <laughs> uh, the same here. So this is going to involve... Um, as I said, we at Keystone Sports will be there. I'm not sure if anyone's going to care when they have people like you there, Michael and Micah and so on. But we, we may have some of your uh, your favorites from our show, like Jeff Byers and T. Frank Carr. They'll all be there ready to talk football with you also. Uh, Michael, while I have you there here, it's interesting to watching the, this team now. I don't know how closely you follow that because I know you have some high school coaching responsibilities. How closely do you watch this team and especially like the linebackers and Abdul Carter, who is such a special player? I was curious how closely you watch and what your thoughts are on him. Well, I think it's, he's, uh, he's poised for a big year. I think they've got a, a loaded stable full of linebacker talent now. Last year was a thin group. I think they, they they've – They've got numbers now. They got a couple of young guys, Tony Rojas, who's, who's coming out of camp as a takeaway king. I think. I mean, you've heard nothing but great things about him. Um, 
You got Colby King in the middle. You've got Curtis Jacobs, a veteran guy. Second year in Manny's system. Uh, I mean, they're they're going to be flying around. Uh, thing, things in the second year, it seems like uh, those communications. You're just playing faster. You don't want to be thinking out there on defense. You want to be flying around and 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 making plays. And I think Abdul's poised to do that. He's, we've seen him do it. So it's going to be great watching him this year. You you mentioned Manny Diaz. I got to say, as a fan, I love watching his defense. And of course, it's a little easier to run it when you've got the players to do it. But do you, as a former player, watch that defense and how aggressive it is, and say, "Boy, I wish I could, you know, strap on the helmet again and play in that kind of defense." Well, I I, I love the way that he calls the games. I, I think it's an aggressive approach. His philosophy is like, you know, we've got to win first, second down, so we get in these third and long situations. We got corners and, and secondary that could cover man to man, and then we could we could get our guys to pin their ears back and rush the passer. So. Uh, I, I like the I like his style and and it's it's a fun defense to play in. I mentioned just briefly that you are now coaching some at the high school level with uh, Trinity High School and you're with an old teammate. Your head coach is Jordan Hill. What's that like coaching with him? It's great coaching with with Jordan Hill. He's a great head coach. Uh, I'm learning from him every day, and we're we're building a program. This is this is his third year in, in the program now. We've got some. We've got some young talent that we're help, we're helping cultivate a, a competitive environment, and uh, we we're all coming off our first win last week uh, at Friday, and and uh, so we're just one week at a time, just trying to get better. Well, if we're talking about Trinity High School, it seems you've got a pretty good young running back there by the name of Messiah Mickens, so good in fact that he already has committed to Penn State. Could you give us all a quick uh, scouting report on Messiah? Yeah, Messiah's a special young talent, and he's got a, a very bright future ahead of him. Um, I can't, you know, you can't say enough about him uh, and, and his abilities, but uh, and, and he's and he's leader on our football team. So we're looking forward forward to a bright future and and watching him play. He's a special talent. Well, I love hearing you say that uh, he's a leader. This is he's just a sophomore this year. And to already be called a leader by the coach when you're just a sophomore, that's pretty high praise on the football field, isn't it? It sure is. It sure is. You love to see that from your younger guys, and 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 he's not the only one. We we want to we want to cultivate our, our leadership council within our, our team, and and he's a part of that. So the more the more we have, the better. Uh, that that's great stuff. Uh, we all look forward to that at Penn State. It, it's interesting when you played. We were still talking about it always being linebacker you, which it still is the way they're coming out with Curtis Jacobs and uh, as you said Tony Rojas coming and of course Abdul Carter. But now when running backs, we're seeing that stable. We're seeing that at tight end. It just feels like we're seeing that at more positions at Penn State where it's getting stabilized and. The first guy establishes the thing, and it just goes on. It gets inherited with each guy that comes in afterwards. Uh, let's go back. I just want to circle back to this event again one more time. It's being presented by Happy Valley United, the Penn State Collective, which is, looks to raise money for the collectives. It's going to be Saturday um, at the Revel XP lot, which is next to Jeffrey Field, the soccer field. Michael will be there. And let me just ask you this question. What is the question you want to hear from the fans, the people who are there? I'm sure you oftentimes hear the same question. 
what is it you want the, the fans to ask you or talk to you about? <laughs> well, that's up to them. That's a great question. I guess well, I don't know what's their favorite what's what's their favorite barbecue sauce. Let's come and try them out. What's your favorite beer? It's a good <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, since we're tailgating and I'm hoping by the end of the day, Michael, that you'll say you have a new favorite beer and you have a new favorite barbecue sauce. Okay. Cause I, I think there'll be some very good ones there. So again, if you want tickets, you want an opportunity to talk to Michael Maudie, Micah Parsons, and several of the other former Penn state players and support the Penn state student athletes. The way to do it is get your tickets Go to happyvalleyunited.com under the About tab. You'll see where it talks about the events. Click on Events, and you'll see the tickets. Michael, thank you so much for joining us on the show. I look forward to seeing you in person next week. Likewise, Jim. See you there. All right. Thanks very much. Thank you all for listening. That's it for our show. Make sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Keystone Sports Network. Hey, Penn State fans, here is your chance to take something off your bucket list. That's right, Go PSU RV is offering a full range of RV setups ready for a weekend of great tailgating at their Lion's Den, which is the closest single-game RV overnight lot to Beaver Stadium. You can arrive anytime Friday afternoon. Stay until Sunday morning, avoiding all that traffic. Don't miss this unique opportunity. Go online to gopsurv.com and reserve your RV today. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love.